I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. Um, we were having some technical difficulties there, Jace, but we're all lined out now. <laughs> we're all good. Funny. It's like that yellow truck you had. Just just bang it on the radio, right? Feels, feels always funny. Anytime there's any technical difficulties, Phil says, and you wonder why I don't have a cell phone <laughs> or a computer. That's right. I mean, it's pretty good because he's always, you can pretty much say that. Yeah. You do have technical difficulties almost every day. So that's why I say when I have a meeting or something online, because I'm always like, they're, they're telling me all this stuff to do. I said, whoa, whoa, let's just, let me just slow you down because I'm two degrees over from my dad. Well, they always laugh when I say that because they realize that you're like, I've sworn off all technology. Well, how come that a lot of people believe that technology is going to save the world? Because they think at some point we're going to figure out how to stay alive for thousands of years through technology. You are, you are explaining my logic. But, <laughs> so here's my point. I'm going to go deeper, Phil. Yeah. The deeper. Go as deep as you want to. All right, I'm going as deep. So how come it's okay to have difficulties with technology, even though they believe that will be the salvation, and not believe that God created life to be difficult and still provide salvation? Yep. You don't want my kind of thinking out there, because if you took my kind of thinking, mm -hmm. the people in our audience right now would not be hearing what we have to say, and I think yeah. it's important. That means that you, they hear that there is a way off planet Earth alive. Well, that means you lost the it. argument, though. That's right. Oh, well, okay. I, I didn't say I. Well, right. You're mellowing. I, I, the older you get, you're. you're I will posit a theory. The last thing you want to do is become like me in a whole lot of areas. I posit. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. So, Dad, I posited a theory based on something you said in the overtime segment of the last podcast that we're living shorter lives. So I posit the theory that technology will actually shorten our lives as it is currently doing, not extend our lives. Well, we're actually going to live less we, because we of are, the stress. We are, they, they said the, the death rate is going down. I mean, you know I mean? It's not going down the you life know. expectancy. Yeah. Life I expectancy. think death rate still a hundred percent. Huh? Still a hundred percent for humans. Death rate, but at life expectancy. Yeah, you meant that the number, the age, is lower is getting yeah. low, lower. I just heard somewhere on the news that, and I thought, hmm, yeah, technology. But so maybe it, they're going to say, "Oh, Phil was right all along." But last last podcast, you did say that you also heard on the news fifty years ago <laughs> that an ice age was imminent. <laughs> That's, That's right. what it said, and so and now we're. But Phil, what I'm telling you is that. The news media gets it wrong, just like technology. We're just doing it at a very higher rate of we just, speed with the internet. It is, it's just the volume is incredible, and you can get it instantaneously. But now the yeah. problem is they just passed a law in California about misinformation, disinformation. Now, if you disagree with somebody, you can be held to account. Like you can be go to jail, you know, all these laws. Yeah, but you can put out false news. It, which happens every day. And you won't be held accountable. You won't be held accountable. Then it's just like, oh, we got it wrong. Yeah, because I've pursued that. Yeah. So, Jason, so speaking yeah. of, of fake news, you, a couple of podcasts ago, 
teased a big announcement. You said, I got a big announcement, but I can't tell you what it is. And so then we'd last podcast, we didn't even talk about it. So yeah. now from our audience's perspective, you have, you have led everybody up to a big moment that you have just done nothing with. You are incorrect. Sometimes in life, you need to wonder, to ponder, <laughs> to meditate. I was allowing that process to unfold. So we were Days just have we were gone ruminating. By. Yeah. yeah, rumination. So I told my wife about this, and she, she didn't like it. I said, I announced that I had an announcement. And she said, well, what is it? I said, well, I didn't tell them. She said, why would you do something so stupid? <laughs> this is, this is I why said, I love to I, have Missy on the podcast. I announced, the announcement was that I have an announcement. I just thought I'd never heard anybody doing such a thing. I thought I'd I'd do it. And then we went we with the whole podcast. I didn't think about it. Oh, I thought about it. If you'd asked me, I would have I would have divulged the announcement. So the announcement is oh, we're ready. Drum roll, please. It's twofold. It's twofold in nature. The unashamed listeners have spoken. They have spoken. Spoken. And I don't know what they did or how they did it. Because I'm, I pretty much, I have been uh, detached from technology, Phil. So I've been right there with you. Yep. But somehow, the the show Duck Family Treasure has been renewed. Oh. So Which this whole show, just for new listeners, the the reason there is the show Duck Family Treasure on Fox Nation is because Jace asked our audience. If we did this, would you watch it? And like, I don't know, it was 80%, 90%. It was a high number. Said Thousands yes. of people Thousands reached of people. out. We went Roman Gladiator style at the birthplace of this show. And so all across the world, people, does our, does the podcast go through the world or oh, yeah, the yeah. U.S.? Yeah, we got people. All a lot across of Canadian the world, listeners. Like, look, all across the we world. We converted them from people, Samoa. Yeah, Samoa. People in their bedrooms and people at their jobs, the, the thumb was sideways and it turned up. So we did it. That was the how the show got started. So now it's we've done it again. Now I have to admit when I first heard it, I was the only person in our whole cast and family that was not excited. <laughs> I was like, what? We're actually doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it again. But I've grown to be excited about it. So now we're we're doing it. But that was the first part of the the announcement. The second part is, and by the time this comes out, I will have already done this trip. Right. But I'm going to New York as soon as I leave here to announce that the first season, if you didn't, if you didn't see it, it will be made available for free. Ah. So that's what we're going to announce. So uh, it's twofold in nature. So, you know, I mean, I'm figuring that they're like, oh, we want people to watch the season two. And and I, I think I made this reference in the overtime that a lot of legalistic people, listeners, they're also tight. I've told our audience before. Because I get, I've gotten some pushback from some of you guys about it. Same with our Blaze TV, because that's also a subscription. But remember, everything's subscription now. You you got Disney, you got Peacock, you got all these different things of entertainment, Apple TV, and so and that's good. That's fine. People can watch whatever they want to. But 
when you talk about, in our case, a biblical narrative, or, or in Jace's case, a great show about treasure hunting where there's a spiritual underlying theme on that show as well, it's it's not out of bounds to say, you know, five bucks a month is is we can do that. You know, because conservatives have to live too, just like, you know, left wingers. Yeah. Do. I mean, you didn't hear me pitching for that because I'm like, you know what? If people, if people want to watch it, this is the, I, I don't set those parameters. Right. They just, camera people show up and we go, we just go do what we do and, the, and they film it. And uh, it's a, it's a lot like this podcast. Most of the content, is literally coming off the top of our head. <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as you're heading to the place to film. Contrary right? to what you've read on, you know, previous shows that we've done, it it the plan is there's no plan. <laughs> we come up with it when we come up with but it. But I think the spiritual principles uh, went out. I mean, you know, we love people because we love people. I mean, it's, it's we've, I was talking about grace, but grace... I mean, what Jesus does that's different from everything else that you can get into there, you know, that promises some kind of afterlife issue. I mean, Jesus comes and just says, I love you because I love you. I mean, that is grace. Yep. It's not based on your performance or your how how great you are, where you're from. And, your color, and, your sex. And, your, no. Yeah. So Jesus and us, as we go around and we, we find treasures and we learn interesting historical things, we're meeting people along the way, and we just love them because they're people. Right. And, you know, you, I'm sure they got checkered past, and we don't have time as we, because this is mainly a location show, you know, we don't have time to get into the details of the we. They're people, and we... We we try to love them and we find interesting things. Well, I'm history. I can speak. I mean, I'm a fan of the show because I like the show. I like I love what y'all do on there. It's it has some elements from our other show that I think are familiar to people, but then it has some new stuff that I think is really interesting. And I'm not a treasure hunter, but it is. I find it interesting. I find myself interested in what y'all are finding. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a hobby, but it's all what I like about it. And uh, you know, you get on the TV show the sped up version because right. treasure hunting is a slow. <laughs> I mean, they allow us when we go to these places. I mean, they give us a few hours to see what we find right and but you know in in, in the truth you you just you're not finding a whole lot of things because most of the stuff we're finding people didn't want to lose it so yeah it's not easily it, found yeah it's and it and if somebody remembered where they lost something they would have already dug it up or found it so but it's uh i think it'll be a it'll be a so, good venture so, yeah, so there's your announcement there's your announcement check it out so while we're tying off loose ends i brought up a few podcasts ago that i was going to baptize a guy up in oklahoma because i happened to be there and he's a listener forrest is his name i know he's listening and the forest found jesus at 62 almost got killed in a terrible accident falling out of a deer stand got you know pretty bad shape health wise but it turned him to Jesus through listening to our podcast. And so I had the pleasure of, of baptizing. So I asked y'all, you know, in sincerity about, did you have an idea about how to cover my finger up? And I got everything from cut it off to, you know, you need to have more faith. But Jace actually said something in his malignment of my spiritual character that he said something about you should uh, saran wrap. Remember you said you yeah. saran wrap because you were told the story about the doctor and the baptism, whatever. And that's what I did. I wrapped it 
saran wrap and taped it and then baptized him, Dad, which is, you know, you're, because you're right. So well, I still you think you should cut it off just out of protest. <laughs> just leap of faith. So, so, yeah, good advice there. But anyway, so Forrest, welcome to the kingdom. And uh, and he's a really good good man. Took a, took a lot of pictures. Well, since we're answering listeners, somebody said, because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't read your responses, but somebody who does told me, they said, boy, we had an interesting letter from a fan. All it said was, why does occasionally Jay seem like he's zoned out? Yep. So I'll answer that. Because I'm filming another show in the middle of all this. (laughs) (laughs) There's no sleep. There's no. I only way. thought is better you than me. <laughs> we appreciate it, Jason. You want another oh, show? And I'm I like, appreciate the fact that Jason's so doing it and we're not. So. Here's the human beings: like you either sleep or you have daily zone out times. That's right. So on the last podcast, we talked. We told the story about Jesus healing the deaf guy and the mute guy that he could speak but not very well um, which happens a lot when people have been deaf for a long time is they sort of forget how to put their words together and so when we were doing it I was thinking about a guy dad that was I guess he's just a little bit older than me but he was a, a student of yours uh, at when you, back when you taught school before you started the duck call business but then he wound up basically being at our house all the time hunting with us and he was deaf and he could speak but not very well just I thought of, of that same guy without because he was at our house yeah. all the time what well, it, it turns out that uh, that his niece is an amazing woman with an amazing story uh, and I actually thought about her being on our podcast back when we had Rucker on it so she's here today she just came in so we're gonna take a break we're gonna set up and we're gonna have Mindy. Uh, Lancaster, join us on the podcast and uh, get ready. You're going to love this story. So let's take a break. So, Dad, have you started uh, shopping for the holidays yet? No, for some reason, uh, I don't get around to that shopping. <laughs> that would be amazing to see Dad doing Christmas shopping. Uh, well, w- w- sometimes we have to do our shopping for Dad. And so uh, one of the things that, that we're into, Dad, is really good earbuds because we travel, you don't very much. And so when you're on an airplane, when you're on your way to an event, um, man, it's just really good to be able to listen to a podcast, listen to music, listen to those things you enjoy listening to. And one of our sponsors, Raycon, uh, has a really, really good product uh, of earbuds. And so it's a great gift to buy as well. So my kids are always taking mine. So this year, one of the things I want to do is buy them their own Raycons. And uh, it's a great time to do it. You get uh, 30% off with the holiday bundles that they're offering, which is really awesome. And here's what you do. You go to buyraycon.com slash unashamed. Uh, The Raycon website also offers a buy now, pay later option, if that helps you with your Christmas shopping. So right now, go to buyraycon, B-U-Y, Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash unashamed. Use the code Early BF, E-A-R-L-Y-B-F, Early BF, to get 20% off everything on their site. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens. You want to take advantage of it. Save even bigger and get 30%, 30% off of Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's code Early BF at buyraycon.com slash unashamed for 20% off your Raycon purchases. Buyraycon.com slash unashamed.
So we're back, and uh, we're welcoming to the lair, to Unashamed Nation, Mindy Lancaster, one of our favorite people. Uh, we were just talking during the break about kind of how we first met you. So I, I, I realized, so I mentioned your uncle. I didn't, his name is Larry. Yeah. Um, and he really kind of grew, because he was a high school kid, and he was kind of one of those kids that dad sort of took under his wing. Paul Stevens was another one. A, a lot of guys that just liked to hunt. And dad became sort of a mentor, you know, for a lot of the people. And it was also for, for your uncle, which I guess first kind of introduced us to, to, your, to the Macklemore family. Uh, your grandfather was uh, one of our hunting buddies back in the day, too. He, you know, for the first few years, dad, you would still go back up that we lived down here to Moss Lake. And, but you didn't obviously want to go back with old buddies. So you were developing new buddies. And your grandfather was one of the new buddies, you know, the ones that kind of were helping hold dad accountable that then later on he would do that. So our families go way back. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I want to know, I ask everybody that's a, a guest that's never been here to the lair. So you pull up outside. What was your first, because I told you, I generally told you where you're going to be. And I, le I left out details on purpose. What was your first thought when you, when not, because we asked you to come be on the podcast. What did you think when you pulled up out front? I said, it can't be in a silo. <laughs> like, we're going to be in, I'm assuming it's going to be this building next to me because it's a building. And I'm thinking, Al told me there's a door on the side. I don't see a door on the side here. So it has to be in this metal building. And I actually called Anna and was like, okay, tell me if I'm about to do the right thing. <laughs> she said, yes, going through the door. I said, okay. Well, you I, see all the side by side. I saw the side by side. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I have to admit, because we do a podcast before, mm -hmm. before you got here. And so I opened the door to see if you were here and you did have a bewildered look. <laughs> she was out there amongst all the decoys. and <laughs> There wasn't even a clean chair. So I was like, if I sit down, I'm not sure what I'm going to look like when I stand up. So I'll just stand here. I hate to say this. They just cleaned up out there. <laughs> well, it's a process of cleaning up. It's, not, it's better than it was. It's a hundred times it's better. It's the cleanest it's been in years. <laughs> oh, I, I was shocked. I was, still got a long ways to go. But it's so think about better. that audience. So you think you're trying to imagine because you only see us in this little corner in this room back here. But it's been be better than it's been in years. And Mindy, you heard Mindy just say there was nowhere to there sit. There was down. nowhere to sit. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I had my, you know, camo or something like that on, I wouldn't Sorry. have thought twice about it. But oh, Missy you know, won't she, walk through <laughs> it without an escort. Seriously, <laughs> she asked me to walk her out the last time she was on the podcast, and I said. Babe, you're safe here. She said, are you kidding? <laughs> There's some kind of creature under every crevice. I will bet you money. I was like, oh, I didn't think about the critters. <laughs> I, I didn't think you were needing an escort over bugs. And but Well, she because she has issues with that. And I have to admit, I keep my stuff in tubs in my locker. Right. Because the Black Widows, you know, Ugh. and all that is here. So I don't want to, you know, put something on and then get bit. You learn to shake your hip boots or <laughs> waders or jackets you sh shake them and brown recluse uh -uh. spiders falls or i think waders. i was better off before we had this conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by the way if a wasp falls out on your head we're just going to keep rolling okay, so keep we're, 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 keep jace yeah. is usually pretty proficient with his hat to get to get them so i'll tell you this i had made this announcement in the uh in the first segment here about our show coming back and uh i'm not i think they filmed because we we've started filming yeah and uh I had something land on my back 
I guess with a stinger, I think it was a horse fly. And just in a moment of insanity, because, you know, a horse fly hurts. Oh, they hurt, yeah. And I had my shovel in my hand. <laughs> and I literally put myself on the ground because I, <laughs> I hit myself in the back with the shovel. <laughs> it's good that you don't put that on film. <laughs> oh, I'm sure if they filmed it, you will see it. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> If you say what happened to Jay's, he hit himself. Did with you get? Shovel. Did you get the horse fly? How I, I blacked out. I. Hit, I mean, I. I was. <laughs> it was one of those moments I didn't realize what I was doing, and uh, I shouldn't have done. There's it. an art though to but, kill the Louisiana horse flies because you have to wait until he starts biting you. Yes. Because if you go for him before he starts biting you, he gone. he's gone. But he he has that little hesitation. Well, while we had crossed got... that line, but I'm just. <laughs> It was, I don't know why I thought of that, but <laughs> just sharing this, it, it, it happens. It happens. That's great. Yes. So, uh, so Mindy, I, we're just going to dive in because, um, part of, part of the beauty of the people we have relationship with, and we go way back, you were 15, I think mm -hmm. the first time yeah. I met you. No, that was shocking when we were talking about that before. Cause I was like, how many years was it? I mean, I was 21, I guess. Yeah. 30 years you ago. and I were right out yeah. we were yeah. freshly minted uh, interns right out of preaching school well and I'd asked Mindy I said I remember you being at our at our first house but I wasn't sure what the I mean I knew the what you're fixing to share but I was like how did we get so involved those few first few years and then you shared that and I was like how long was that go how long was that and you were like 31 years ago I was like oh man I feel old in this moment I mean, yeah. so the so I always say the beauty of being at a place for a long time and and we've all been here in this community but also you know at our at our church and have these relationships is you get to see it's rare to get to see in a in a church environment, a kingdom environment, the growth of people yeah. from when you first met them to now. And because, you know, people move away and some of our closest friends and people that we help lead to Jesus and mentor, they're all, all over the world now, you know, all over the country. But you've been here, mm -hmm. uh, Jerry and your sister as well. And uh, so we forged that, you know, and, and we talked about in the break. It's a, we forged our relationship in fire. So I want you to just tell a little bit of your story. You you go all around. You tell your story in a lot of yeah. amazing places. And so I wanted our audience to have a chance to hear your story. And we'll just kind of jump in from time to time. So just kind of okay. start into it. If I interrupt you, we'll take a break. We'll just okay. keep going. Um, so just like what you were saying, what we were talking about earlier about my uncle and about uh, my dad and my grandfather, uh, that's my dad's parents. And being raised here in West Monroe, my both sets of my grandparents were very active in their churches, uh, but we grew up kind of in and out of church. Uh, things would go good in church, great, go bad. We would get back in church. Uh, and so growing up, we spent a lot of time in uh, sports. A lot of basketball, a lot of softball, a lot of hunting, fishing, camping. And so we had a really close-knit family with more with my mom's side of the family at first. Uh, and so there was a little division with them because of backgrounds in churches, Church of Christ, Baptist, you know, back in the day, that was a, you know, more of an issue. Right. Um, and so what, you know, I'm able to say that now because we're on the other side of that. Right. And going through some of those hard things in our life like I was five years old uh, we lost our home to a house fire uh, that was my first example of what it looked like to be in a family uh, a God family uh, because I remember standing in my grandmother's 
doorway in her house and members of the church coming in and just dropping off sacks of uh, clothes and things because we lost everything. Uh, And then a few years later, uh, our business caught on fire. I was probably 10, 11 years old. Uh, And so, you know, there were a few kind of tragedies that we had already been through, but nothing like what we were about to experience uh, in my high school years. So I was 15 years old, uh, September the 11th, 1991. Uh, So that date that already resonates with our country already impacted my family uh, 10 years prior. So 1991, uh, we had just moved. Uh, I literally grew up through the woods to grandmother's house you go uh, to my maternal grandparents. So literally we had a trail between our house and theirs and our parents decided it was time for us to move in town. So we left the Strozier road community uh, and moved about 10 or 12 miles uh, and lived close to North seventh, the area close to West Monroe junior high, West Monroe high school. Uh, I had just started my sophomore year. Uh, my sister had just started eighth grade at uh, the junior high, and uh, that's when tragedy struck. Uh, my sister had actually gone to church with a family friend that night, and I had decided to stay home uh, and do homework, algebra, which something people still laugh about that I chose to stay home and do homework. Hmm. My parents were going to go home. I mean, we're going to our deer camp uh, because we were going to have uh, a get-together at our house, and that night uh, in you know, 30 miles away from our home uh, is the night my mom was murdered. Uh, And I remember sitting in my room. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and it was just after 9 p.m. or so. And I just got this overwhelming feeling like I was in tears. And so my mind went to my parents may have had a car accident, like something may have happened. So you didn't you didn't know anything. Did not know anything. You had... no, this was pre cell phones. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, so, well, yeah, yeah. pre cell phones. Uh, you had an overwhelming. It was feeling. just mm-hmm. a sin. I mean, that's dread. Yeah. See, this is I'm telling you, spiritual world. Let's take, yeah. a, let's take a break. So, Dad, one of our favorite sponsors uh, is a group called Omega XL. And uh, you don't take uh, any medicines of any kind, but I introduced this supplement to you because I told you it works, which it does. And the reason why this works and helps us with our aches and pains, uh, first of all, it's all natural. It's uh, from the pristine waters of New Zealand. Uh, they farm mussels, and so they extract from these mussels uh, Omega XL. And what it does is the extract, it provides SPMs, which is something your body produces naturally, but much more when you're younger, which is why you don't have as many aches and pains. I'm 76. No pain. Right. And because these no. SPMs are being provided because of this product. So it's a great product. It helps rejuvenate muscles uh, and joints so that you can move around more like you were when you were young. So here's what you do. You go to OmegaXL.com slash fill. You're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free, which is going to give you about a 60-day supply, which is what you need to really get you going. OmegaXL.com slash fill. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 or OmegaXL.com slash fill. Okay. 
so that night, uh, as I'm sitting in my room, 10 o'clock rolls by, 11 o'clock rolls by, and I was wrestling and finally dozed off. Uh, my sister had come in, gone to bed, and just after midnight is when Carl and Virginia, uh, my dad's parents, come into our home, come into our room, and just wake me up out of a dead sleep uh, to tell me that our mom had been murdered. And so we... Like, I re- remember waking up, nothing, you know, no emotion, nothing, sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, I just screamed. Like, and it just brings me back to that moment, sitting in front of that fireplace, my grandfather standing up, my grandmother just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And so we had to drive that night. My Dad's uncle came to our home, picked us up, and drove us down to uh, Jackson Parish to Jonesboro, which is where it happened, to pick up our dad that night. And I remember um, it just being so dark and empty. But I also remember members of the church uh, and people coming by. Nobody had a lot of words for us. Uh, Nobody knew what to do or what to say. Uh, We stayed home uh, for that first week. I remember I even went to the football game that Friday night after my mom's visitation because I craved community. Uh, My sister would choose to recluse like she would like to stay in her room, uh, shut the door, stay in the dark. Um, I needed people. And that was just we talk now about coping mechanisms and the way that we cope, freeze, flight, you know, all those things. And I was ready to I didn't want to deal Um I just wanted to continue to do what I wanted to do and be around my people. And during that next week is when our father was arrested. Uh, We chose to go back to school on uh, that Wednesday, September the 18th. The day we returned to school, uh, I was going to go home with a friend of mine. And we get to her house and her mom said, Mindy needs to get to her grandparents' house, uh, my maternal grandparents' house. And so I remember driving down to their house, and my grandfather and them met me outside uh, to tell me that my dad had been arrested. Mm. And that's when I was deeply grieving, deeply hurting, uh, at that time with no hope. Yeah. Uh, and But my grandparents, within that next few weeks, moved in with us, my dad's parents, and one of their stipulations that we had to understand was they were a part of the body of Christ and we were going to go to church. And so within that next year, as dad prepared for his trial, uh, we were and that's introduced we, to WFR. Uh, yeah, that's, that's when kinda, we first got Yeah, introduced. that's where we all, because we knew uh, Carl in Virginia and uh, and just the sweetest, you know, we, we were, I was friends with him. And uh, so then, of course, everybody heard about it. And you're like, now who is this? What? Where? And but I don't think I'd ever even seen you, to my knowledge, until uh, until y'all showed up. Which just seeing y'all even before we met was overwhelming for us because it's unimaginable. I mean, how in the world do you process this as a teenager? You were 15, and your sister was 13. She was 13. She was almost 13. Her birthday uh, actually is next week, October 25th, and uh, so she was six weeks shy of her 13th. And it was really interesting because just us looking back, thinking about it. And uh, yeah, I remember you guys. And so I, I think the reason we were so bonding so quickly to you and Jerry Ann 
was because you know we felt like what a tragedy. I mean, like you're in a situation here to lose both parents, obviously. Right. Even though your dad was there too, right. and and I had, I didn't know your dad before this year, and got to know him as well. And, but then obviously the story was big in our community because this doesn't happen. We were a small town, small right. community. Obviously, there's not a lot of this that happens. So it was a big deal. It was a big deal in the community. But then we were kind of closing the ranks around you guys because we were like, we knew what you were going to face going forward. There was a trial looming, right? everything, all that. So I just remember being geared up for it. Jason and I were interns at the time. We were young. We didn't know much. We were very green in terms of face. So that's one of the reasons we didn't know what to say other than we loved you guys deeply. And I think yeah, it was it was interesting. We were talking about going to the trial, and I went a, a few days, and you know, I went for you and your sister, even though I didn't know you very well. And uh, it was curious because people would ask me about the trial, and I was like, "Well, I really wasn't listening," and uh, <laughs> which was bizarre right. for people. I was like, "But for, it does for, fit Jace's thing about zoning out anyway." <laughs> oh, it does. He rarely listens. So that's well, just... I, I think I made up my mind because you know that was at a stage of our life. Uh, Missy and I were. I had a list of my friends, and I, you, you know, you know this story well. Yeah. But I was sharing Jesus with all my high school friends, and. The first couple of years, nothing happened. Right. But then when they started coming to the Lord, they started coming from every nook and cranny, and it just developed into a ministry at the time. And so when this happened, we were like, we just felt led, you know, by the Spirit, I guess, because y'all were young and, uh, and 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 innocent and all that. You know, you didn't ask for any any of this, and uh, and just unimaginable thing that could happen so we didn't know what to say but i said i I made up my mind i'm like i'm not gonna worry about the outcome of this trial or what exactly happened i'm just coming here to love on these two girls that that was my entire approach which i realized everybody involved needed love but that's just what you know that was my thinking at the time which which would eventually lead to us having a very profound relationship, you and because uh, you moved. Mm-hmm. And then I'm fast forwarding the story. Yeah. We can back up, but you you ended up moving right across the street from us. Mm-hmm. I guess a couple of years after this. Yeah, it was about yeah about three about three yeah, years after. 18. Yeah, uh, let's take another break. So one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is the issue of life, and all of us are involved at different levels for life because it's not just getting a baby born into the world, but it's also trying to provide for that child. A lot of times, tough circumstances, situations, someone can't take care of the child. So you need adoption, you need foster care, you need all those. And our family uh, participates in the pro-life movement in different ways. One of the things we all need are groups out there, organizations who have been around for the last 50 years that are helping us in this fight for life. And one of those groups is one of our sponsors. Uh, and their name is 40 Days for Life, a great group, a million volunteers, over a thousand cities uh, all around the world. Their main weapon is prayer. They get together, they have vigils of prayer for the de- decisions and the choices of women to choose life. Uh, they focus a lot in those states, especially in the U.S., that abortion rates are still high. Uh, because of laws there versus some of the other states. They're working to change the hearts and minds 
of, of people concerning abortion. So we want you to check out their locations. Maybe you can volunteer their podcast. Uh, they have a free magazine at their website. You can go to 40 days for life.com. So it's four zero 40 days for life.com and stay up on what's happening in post row America. Uh, so yeah, so pick up the story basically at the trial. What, what kind of how how did things go there? Um, so my sister and I both were uh, subpoenaed to testify. So we had to testify in the trial, which meant we were not allowed in the courtroom. Uh, so for three weeks straight, we had to sit outside the courtroom. Uh, we had to be present. We had to be there. Um, and so like I'm I, I'm going back in my mind and I'm seeing these pictures. Uh, and it was, you felt like, you also felt like the weight of the things that I was about to say could affect the outcome, even though mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with it. Well, um, you were 15. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. and trying. your dad said he didn't do it. Yes, so dad I, still claims right. the, that still claims his innocence to this day. Right. Um, and so we, you know, there were things that happened. Um, and I'll say this because I'm want to come back to this in a little bit is that um there was a friend of mine at the time uh who was younger who had uh ended up having an affair with my dad uh that was coming out in the trial and so to know that all of these things were about to be uh public you know we felt like our life was public enough and i do praise the lord that we didn't have social media back in that day um, because you know people's opinions were enough through the gossip meal uh let alone what people post on uh, social media and so I remember like our face being plastered all over the news, all over the papers. Um, but I also remember kind of being tired of the cameras. And I remember coming out of the courtroom one day and they were right there. And then we just waving, just being, you know, Teenage. who we were. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of backed off after that because they realized like we were kids. Yeah. Like yeah. they're like, oh, wait, like these are children. Um and so we carried that weight a lot for a while is that, is there anything that I'm about to say that could, you know, push this jury one way or the other? Um, but I remember just like what you're talking about, Jace, and like how we met. And um, but what meant a lot to me and that I remind people of is that, you know, words are encouraging. You can say words all day long, but nothing compares to the actions of people. Yeah. Um, and actions is what influences. And so sitting watching y'all sit in a stand y'all came and watched me play basketball mm-hmm. y'all came and watched me play softball yep. um those things influenced me to know that you did not care about the guilt or innocence of my father nor did you care about my opinion mm-hmm. you al the family and the church wanted me to know that i was loved and that i was purposed mm-hmm. yep. Um, it didn't wasn't about the guilt or innocence. And so no matter how that played out, y'all were going to be there, you know, for me. Uh, yeah. And the day that guilty verdict came down and uh, my dad was sentenced to life in prison with no parole. Um, I remember being able to tell him goodbye that day. Um, and also just previously to that is when Mike Kellett, uh, Jason Jenkins, Ryan Howard, they all shared the gospel with me um, just as y'all had you know, been laying this foundation for me Mm -hmm. and um, I accepted Christ uh, because I did not want that separation. But I also 
was ready to understand what it was like to grieve with hope. And so that played a factor over the next little bit, but still being so broken and missing out on a relationship with Christ for a long time after that. And I'll say this because, um, and I was there the day, uh, the, um, when they had the pronouncement and, you know, I've done a lot of things in ministry in my life, but I've never been in a situation that was more tense, more just crackling intensity than that day in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. It was ringed by deputy sheriffs. We were given instruction that nobody could move. You couldn't get out of your chair. You couldn't do anything when the verdict came down. And when it, when it was announced, your your grandmother sort of fainted mm-hmm. and fell out of her chair. My dad's. And then instinctively, you're right. Yeah. And so we, we reached down and, and all of a sudden the deputy, so I mean, it was like super intense. And then we helped lead you out mm-hmm. and, and your family on the way out. And we get outside, there was an incident with your grandmother and someone else from the family. And literally, we were running across the courthouse lawn, yeah, running, running, carrying your grandmother, you, the getting into cars. People are yelling, uh, deputy sheriffs tackling people right behind. It was like something out of a movie. Yeah. I mean, and I remember it like you were describing the scene. I remember it, I mean, so succinctly mm-hmm. every moment of it. And I think it was just, again... It was so big, it was so much bigger than we were, and, right. and I never even thought about it. You guys having to deal with that as a teenager, yeah. You know, I was twenty four or five years old, and and was scared to death. Yeah. So I can only imagine how you felt about that. So, but it was it was a, it was quite the day. So, so your dad uh, was sentenced to he went to Angola, mm-hmm. uh, which is our sort of our big prison right. in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still there. He's still there. Uh, we've done a lot of work with him. So, sort of pick it up. How, how then this impacted you going forward? I mean, obviously we were here, you were right. here, part of us. Uh, obviously a lot of things happened in your life, I think as a result of mm-hmm. so, so no, much. It was, it was bumpy. It was bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> we were the there least, for the bumps. Right, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Phil knows a little bit of that. He knows um, bumpy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think you were the first person I remember missing uh, before you came over one night. I mean, look, you talk about pictures. The only picture I remember of course, I'm fast forwarding two or three years, and you can back up and fill in the blanks. But I remember you standing in our kitchen one night, and because Missy and I had prayed and we invited you over, and I was just like, "What do you, what do you say?" And, and Missy and I was having this conversation, and it was the first conversation that that we had that I was questioning, like, "How do we go about this?" And I remember Missy saying. Will you say the same thing we always say? You know, we, we, we can't understand people's problems and how difficult it may be, but we know the answer. You know, his name is Jesus. She gave a good little. Um, and I was like, duh, what was right. I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just remember that moment and you came in. I think we said, look, we're not going to we're not going to claim to fix all your problems, you know, yeah. and that I mean, you can take it from there. But I, I do remember that. 30 years ago. So let's take a, let's take our last break. Yeah, go ahead and kind of give us those years of what, kind of what happened from that point to going um, forward. So I, one thing that I speak from experience is I tell everybody, please don't make life-altering decisions after tragedy. <laughs> um, because I, I, Great advice. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Um but one of the things I remember, Jason, I say this all the time when I'm asked, is what 
what did somebody speak into you that you remember? And one of those moments was standing in y'all's kitchen. And I was not really tried not to play that victim mentality. Mm. But, you know, you always ask those questions. Why? Like, why did this happen? What what happened? You know, why did this have to happen to me? And you said, why not you? Mm. Well, that was bold. And, uh, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> but it makes me Which think. Which is what your wife said about I don't me. remember yeah. saying yeah. that exactly, yeah. but that does seem bold to I say remember in the moment. Red, you know? red countertops y'all had in the oh, house. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, I remember standing in that kitchen and I thought, why not me? Like, why am I so much more important than the next person that tragedy shouldn't happen to me? Um, it's also when I began to understand that the enemy is not prejudice. Uh, it doesn't matter your skin color, your classification in society. The enemy is not prejudiced. He will come in any back door that's open. Um, and that's when I began to sit on the other side of that. But I also did not take the tools within scripture either and apply those for a long time um which look looking back is perfectly normal i mean there, there's a process of, of tragedy of this nature mm -hmm. when you're a teenager and from our perspective your life has been incredible <laughs> i mean it really has that but even the disciples you know we're studying yeah. with mark they're sitting here looking at the power of Jesus on a daily basis. And, you know, right. about seven chapters in, he's looking around and say, hey, are, are your hearts that hard? Do you not understand? Are you not hearing? So I think there is a process. And I wanted to say, I do think the actions that we took during that three-year period softened the blow of mm -hmm. our words when we actually had the conversation. That's too. true. And yeah. I, I think you knew that we loved you. Yes, 100%. And, yeah. I never thought... There was only one instance later that I was called out by an elder's wife, um, but I ended up marrying at 18, uh, which was not a good decision. Uh, I thought this man was going to be in preaching school. You know, like I had all these uh, aspirations, uh, but I also thought he's broken, too. What, what two broken people should be able to, you know, bind Fix things this. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was a mistake. Two broken people broke it more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But the only blessing uh, or the blessing that came out of that was uh, also that's when we got to spend more time with uh, you and Ms. K uh, was during that. So I felt like that was where I built a uh, stronger relationship with Ms. K and even though through those bad things and those bad decisions, she would always call me and be like, Mindy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and she could relate to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, she yeah. understood. She was yeah. married as a teenager and had a lot of issues. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But, you know, I like to talk about that being that's that moment when the motherless became a mother is when I had my first child, when I had Grant. Um, and, you know, terrible, abusive marriage. Um, uh, we left to go to Harding. We came back. Uh, because I knew the only way that we could make it was because of this community. If we were able to do that, um, he just didn't want to do that and ended up being divorced. And what did I do again? Remarried um, and divorced again. Um, but through all of that, the community at Whites Ferry Road uh, continued to rally around me, hold me accountable. Um, they would lead me. And then I felt like for a long time that they left me, but they were really trying to lead me out of yeah. where I was. Right. And and so so in the same feeling we talked about earlier was there because you and I joke about it now that yeah. I did all your weddings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean we have a relationship. We do. Yes, we yes, yes. That. But at the same time, it just 
you weren't quite ready yet yeah. to be where God needed you to be. Yeah. And you were still healing and growing through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And and obviously some some decisions you made in there, you think they're the right at the time. So did I, because right. we were there with you, but they didn't always work out. No, so. they did not. Yeah. Well, and trauma's hard, you know. I mean, look, because later on, even in my own life, you know, we have a girl with special yeah. needs. Mm-hmm. I remember Missy and I having to ask ourselves, why not us? Right. Which, I mean, it took four months. Right. You would think we're giving you advice 20 years before. <laughs> right. Why, <laughs> why did it take so long to reach that conclusion? Mm-hmm. But the bottom line, I mean, life is difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's filled with a lot of pain. And you see all these examples in the New Testament right. where that desperation led to people seeing a need for Jesus yeah. and just a surrender. Well, and that's what I, I like to it's taken me a long time to come back around to that, of course. And that's what you're talking about is this journey where we're able to sit here 30 years later um, and talk about all the things that you talk about these hard times and these hardships. But you also have to talk about every corner God placed people in my life at Harding. There were women speaking over me um, at White's Ferry Road, at the dental office, at every aspect. God places these people. We also need to be in a position to look up and view and listen to what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what has led me through um, get being involved in you know small group ministry uh, with Heartfelt, uh, sitting at women's feet. I got called out by one of the elders' wives to have come over and have tea and cookies. And this was after going through my second divorce. And I thought, she's ready just to hug on me and love on me. And she said, what are you doing? Marge Moran. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? She was like, this, you know, this isn't normal, Mindy. Like, you're 23 years old going through your second divorce. Like, what do you want for your son? What do you want? And I thought, wait, I have a choice in this. This isn't just happenstance like I have a choice to follow God's lead and so I needed to build a relationship with the Lord Mm. Um, there's a difference in being a believer and being a follower and that's what I had to start what does it look like to follow Jesus um, and have a relationship with him and so that started changing that trajectory of uh, where I am now and aren't you glad somebody was bold enough to have a conversation like 100%. that, which, which now you're that person in so many it, other yes, people's yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, cause it takes everything. It takes the nurture, but it also sometimes just takes somebody saying, Hey, you got to get after it. Yeah. So that started yeah. you on the trajectory yep. that eventually not only led you to a closer walk, but led you to Michael. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say in the last three or four minutes tell, you know, cause there had to be, you know, you eventually lead to a marriage where you're at now. And, and at some point you, I guess you can explain it, said, God can use me to help other people. Um, That was, so uh, Michael and I just celebrated 20 years of marriage in May. Uh, So right, Grant was five uh, and he was involved in church. He worked at Steel Fab with Paul Stevens. Um, He worked with Ken Bunn. And so that's kind of how that connection happened. You met Michael at WFR, right? We met at, yeah, at the dental office first. Didn't realize he went to church, uh, Starla. Uh, try introduced us. I got you. And I remember walking alongside him. Yes. Because of Paul and those guys, mm-hmm. because he yeah. had gone through a <clears throat> really yes. hard divorce mm-hmm. and I and had a son. And, yep. and I just remember spending a lot of time with Michael before it was Michael yeah. and Mindy, just helping him, you know, right. through his brokenness. As well. Mindy, you do bring one text really up close and personal. People who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. The Apostle Paul was just saying, so 
You're living proof of that. We all are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Troubles come and yep. troubles go. No one ever makes it without some kind of trouble. Right. The Apostle Paul was right on that one. Well, he was. And Mindy's point is so well made now, looking back, is that until she got her relationship with Christ where it needed to be, the other relationships were going to continue to be a problem yeah. over and over and over. Yeah, I had to quit so, magnifying the problems yes. and magnify yeah. God. Right. You know, Jesus talked so, to the woman at the well. She had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. You know, what? how many times had she been married? Five. Five. And she was living with a guy that wasn't her husband. <laughs> with a guy that... So that's what I was asking in the last couple of minutes. So tell us how that now, what you're doing now. Well, we'll talk more about that in overtime too. But yeah, set us up for that. Okay. So when, uh, so Michael and I got married and when I started realizing that like God could, we could have a legacy that changes for um, our children. And within two years I was pregnant with Emery. And when I had my daughter is when I also realized like the relationship um, with a mother and a father in the home uh, and being able to glorify God in our home and what that looked like and where that could lead us as a family. Mm-hmm. So I became more focused on a legacy for my children uh, instead of being so focused on what, what I could do. That's good thinking. Yeah. Good yeah. So, so yeah. when, so who asked you to start speaking? I mean, how did this? So the funny thing was the first time I ever got asked to share my story uh, was uh, your mom, Miss Kay, mm-hmm. asked me to come and share it with one of her muffins groups. And so what I wrote was your first answer. Absolutely not. I was <laughs> like, you want what? And she was like, you, you've got to do this. And so like I wrote all this stuff down. And then when Michael and I walked through, uh, we went through step study together. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a celebrate with celebrate recovery. And so you start writing your testimony down. But I also remember that first time that I gave it when she asked me to, I focused so much on the, the details, the pain that I I missed a lot of the healing that I needed to share. And so that's when things started saying, okay, so the things that I've walked through when the church and the community and Christ took a broken, twice divorced, shamed filled woman and, when you see it in scripture and then you see it played out in your life that revelations twelve eleven by the power of the testimony and the blood of the lamb. And then Genesis 50 um, in Joseph's life, uh, the enemy comes to, you know, make things bad for us. But when we give it all to the Lord, it can become something for the saving of many lives through Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, so we're out of time. Um, so many thanks for coming on the podcast, but we, we have what we call an overtime segment because you there's some stories that have happened, mm-hmm. especially yeah. recently yeah. that we have to tell. Yeah. So those of you that uh, that want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed. Remember, there's a promo code field. You get 10 bucks off right now off the subscription because uh, God has just worked out some pretty amazing things that you've been able to experience yeah. now in ministering to other people, which I find fascinating. So we'll get into those in our overtime. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.